Let's bring in Ray Ferraro, our TSN hockey analyst. Ray, on Leafs lunch is a presentation of Sierra So Joint Formula 14. What's shaking, buddy? I'm, uh, I'm a little. I'm in Edmonton. It's minus twenty. There's not a whole lot shaking here. <laughs> no, I'll tell you that. No kidding. Well, we were we were talking about that, and I don't know how we spontaneously brought this up. The idea of being because a GM. I mean, oh, did you spark this one? As on per the usual, when we can't get a hold of somebody, I come up with a creative idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a creative guy. I really am. You're the Shakespearean sports radio guy. It's really incredible when I think about it. But we we threw this out. And we're going around the table. And we didn't really have a consensus. We have multiple options. But if you had the opportunity to have any GM job you wanted, all 30 teams looked at Ray and said, we want you. So you could rank 1 through 30. Which team would be 30th on your list, the last team you would want to be the GM of? Oh, um, geez, that's a tough I wish I had some like headway to this stuff. Here. I know. Um, well, but you know, O Dog's so creative on the fly. Yes, I mean, it just happens. Love to have an answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm working on. It. I'm going through the teams. Um, I said Toronto because of what comes with it. Yeah, but I mean, you'd have. You know, I mean, there there would be some. I I would I would put some teams below Toronto for sure. Of course, I mean. Just because it's there, I mean, you'd, would you not want the challenge of it? Would you not want? Would you, you not want to, to to see if you you could be the guy? I mean, it uh, unless you just want to float through and be a GM job so you can sit at the front of the plane. I mean, I I think that would be it would be pretty cool. I mean, I yeah. The first ones that are scratched off the list are the ones that saying they're only spending this amount. That's true. You'd have they're the money. all scratched off the list. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. That's Toronto, right. Toronto, you'd have a big budget. You could bring in all your boys, noodles. You could hire O and I. I would as consultants. Yes, thank you. You would? No, I wouldn't. But I would be. You would. You would find out how fast I can run as I run away from them. <laughs> Ray, if you were hired as the GM of a team, would you call me about a special assistant position? It would be a really special assistant. <laughs> I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> oh, I'd have a role for you, oh, all right. Absolutely. <laughs> Quotation, special assistant. Um, um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I thought you were going to ask me who I'd want, and I would. I would think you know Los Angeles would be one that you'd you'd want because not only are they good, but they've got players in their system, and they've they've got a really good scouting staff, and that that would be one I would think of. Chicago. I mean, I'd want a good team that has younger players that, that people might not know about because they're really the lifeline of your team. You yeah, know, it's, it's sure. awesome to have superstars, but if you've got a team that's got nobody in their system, like, for example, Colorado, as poorly as they're doing right now, the biggest challenge they have is that they don't have much in their farm system. And that's Whose fault the reason is that? they, well, they fired the head scout. They just fired him uh, three weeks ago. Rick Pracy was his name, and they 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 haven't really replaced him yet. But they're you know they're they're looking at their organizational depth and going, oh wait a minute, we don't have any. And so that you know Colorado's troubles to me are not just what you see in front of you. They're they're what might come down the road in a year or two because they don't have anyone to replace the players that are on their roster. Well, it's a lot like Edmonton, right? They've got those high end picks and the high end talent. But do they have enough to surround them? Because I think a lot of GMs would say, I wouldn't mind starting with McKinnon, O'Reilly, Landishgog, Duchesne. You know, sure. I mean, that's a pretty good start. But like you pointed out, can we fill out the rest of the roster? Because 
the Kings would match that core with, okay, well, we have Kopitar, Carter, Dowdy, Quick, so we yeah. can match that, but we got more depth. And Chicago could say the same thing. Pittsburgh, for the most part, probably too. So, you know, and like one thing Edmonton has here. So, you know, I mean, it. I wish they could get past here in Edmonton the the need to rush these young guys in. They need young players in this lineup like a hole in the head. They they need they need stability. I mean, the line that they keep talking about is Boyd Gordon's line about how they've done a really good job for them. Well, they're. They're in their upper 20s. They're guys that have been around a bit. You have a, a specific role for them. I, I know that Nugent Hopkins this year looks like a far different player, and, and I'm looking forward to watching him tonight because when I watch him on TV, he looks a lot like the player he did in junior where he's carrying the puck with confidence and he looks uh, he loses guys when he spins and turns, and there's some evolution to that. But they didn't need Leon Dreisaitl to be here this year. He, all, all that you do is, you yeah, you get to practice, and he played seven minutes the other night. I don't see why that's a benefit, but the the thing that the Oilers have is in their farm system they have a a big centerman Yakimov who is a Russian kid. They've got this another Russian kid that's going to come over who was a star last year at the World Juniors. His name's Slepeshev. These are these are kids that nobody knows about that are on that are going to be here in the next couple of years. And so I guess maybe the benefit of being terrible for a half a decade is that you get a lot of these picks, but then you got to turn them into something. Colorado hasn't. Edmonton has, and we'll see if they can somewhere put the pieces together because this is going to be eight years in a row they don't make the playoffs. I mean, eventually, you know, like maybe your plan is flawed. Yeah, no kidding. And I think that's really starting to seep in out there. People realize what's going on because you get renewed confidence every year. Every fan base can find optimism, uh, especially if they're seeking it out because they've been you know, so short on it for so long. And the same thing applies here in Toronto, where the Leafs have done nothing for 10 years outside of seven playoff games. But they're in a different position. You know, they're 6-1-1 in their last eight. They just embarrassed the Bruins on home ice, and they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now. They should. We uh, we talked yesterday. What would they do against, you know, what do you expect of Boston yesterday? And, you know, I, I think our general consensus was that we thought that they would, you know, as long as they skate, they were going to really put Boston into a, you know, back on their heels a little bit. And for the first, I don't know, till the game was 5 nothing. when after that, I don't really care what happens because the game's over. But, I mean, man, they, they look fast. They What a start they had. I mean, when's the last time they had a start like that? No kidding. Where they, yeah. you know, I mean, they were there, what, 10 to 1 in shots? I mean, that never happened. And and so, the you know, whether it was the, the fact that everybody's feeling good about themselves because they're on a really good run right now or – they, you know, fresh enough in their mind with the spanking they took a couple of weeks ago from Boston on home ice, whatever it was. I mean, that that's a start that the coaches must they must stand back there at the at the ten minute commercial break and say that was that's what we've been looking for because they better they better have one tomorrow again because one of Pittsburgh's goals is to get ten shots on goal by the ten minute mark of every game. That's one of their express purposes that they have um, on their board. And so Toronto is going to have to start the same way tomorrow um, against a team that wants to start that way. The top line has been broken up at, I guess, a couple of times this year. A couple of games yeah. they were they were split up. But they're back intact, and they have been for the past few games. And they played great last night. Kessel was on fire. Bozak and JVR both had three points apiece. We've spoken about their defensive deficiencies and how 
in the past, it felt like all of their eggs were in the same basket because all of those players were playing together, and they were really the only ones putting up offensive numbers. But now that they're getting depth scoring, now that Holland had another two points last night, Komarov and Santorelli are supplying it, Clarkson's chipping in, Lupo will return at some point. Does it make it more likely that that top line stays intact? Well, they, yeah, for sure. I mean, they obviously they can't they can't continue to be a line that gets all the or a team that gets all your scoring or the most of it from one line, and because eventually the when that line hits the skids, which always happens, you know, nobody scores every game, then you don't have anyone to pick up the pieces for you, and and they look now like a. They look like they're confident enough that they're going to get something out of out of most of their lines. Um, the the big line that that line just seems to fit. I I know like there's people ragging on Tyler Bozak all the time, and you know and you know I I read some stuff about you know oh they should go after Mike Richards. What the hell? What are you going to do with Mike Richards? You going to trade him for Tyler Bozak? Are you kidding me? Like Tyler Tyler Bozak can play the game. I know people have this. There's a red flag about him. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Well, guess what? The guy is pretty good. I, I, I'm in a lot of rinks, and Tyler Bozak can, can fill a role on any, any place that I go to. Yeah, you can pick him apart, set? but he's pretty darn good. Oh, you bet. Like, oh, sure, I'd like him to be taller. I'd like him to be faster. I'd like him to maybe be a little more physical. So what? You can do that with any player. Yeah. You can pick any player in the league and pick them apart if you so choose. Or you can look about what does he do. Kessel plays well with just about anybody, but he plays really well with Bozak. He's like me. He's not. I wish I was thinner, but I'm still an aggressive seven. <laughs> right? You're an aggressive what? Seven out of ten. In in what forms? Just carry on. <laughs> I, I was just stunned. I don't even know where to go with seven. I know. Honestly, I thought we established earlier in the week you're a soft six. No, that's him. No, or you. It's I was a hard seven. <laughs> I used to be a Deuce Bigelow, is what you said. Part of Metafast. <laughs> you're a mushy nickel, Randy. <laughs> you're a mushy. You betcha. That's how I've often been described. That's right, oh, buddy. No, but so is everybody in Toronto? Do they still want Kessel to be in better shape? Shocking no, every, lot, man. Nobody's this talking about that. Is a freak of nature. Where He's it's unbelievable. Like, no, but, but isn't it funny now all of a sudden, oh, it's fine. Kessel got another two goals, and, gee, he's, a, he's an offensive leader. And No, oh, stop it. He's the same guy he was in August. <laughs> yeah, he is. What he's about Peter really Holland, right? So, pardon me? What about Peter Holland? What does he have to continue to do to maybe, like, press into that number two slot? Is that something that you would look at, or is that just a fantasy? No, I don't think it's a fantasy at all. Uh, I think that's the, the role that a player of Holland's caliber uh, should aspire to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've seen Peter play since he was a junior kid. Um, you know, he played on some under-18 teams where my son was there. And so I, I saw him, and I was like, you're, straight, you're struck by his size. He's a big kid. Yeah. He gets around the ice pretty well, and he really shoots the puck. I mean, he's got a terrific shot. And he wants to score. Like, he, wa- he wants to be... A centerpiece player. He doesn't well, I, want to be a fringe guy. I like the skill and all that, but I just liked his kind of his his jam the last couple of games, where he's kind of willing to cut to the net off the wing, yeah. take a bit of abuse, and show the soft hands in front of the net. Because if you have that skill set and you just want to float around the exterior of the ice, then you're you're useless. But he's going you know into what? the middle of the ice, and he's having success. 
you know, I just read uh, something about Jimmy Hayes down in Florida, and uh, so he's six foot five, and he got eleven goals last year in his first really full crack at the NHL. And one thing Gerard Gallant, the coach, is saying to him is that, you know, you can't rely on your size. You've got to use your feet too, and part of that is you've got to drive to the front. You've got to get to where the traffic is because that's where the goals come from. And I think a lot of big guys, um, if they're not effective, they tend to try and rely on their size. You know, and, and Peter, in Peter Holland's case, he is a big guy. But if he doesn't move his feet, it's just he's a big guy on the outside. And, and I, I'm with you. I, I think he's really, he's really taken this opportunity, which, by the way, is as of his own doing. I mean, they didn't hand him anything. He became a penalty killer. He, he's worked at his face off, so you get some extra minutes. Then you create something on while you're shorthanded, which he's done relatively regularly. He's been really responsible, and then all of a sudden he gets a chance to play more minutes. And he's taken that opportunity, and he's, now he's pushed his minutes up into the 15-, 16-minute range. It, the fact is, as I said a couple of days ago, he was picked, I think, seven picks or eight picks behind Kadri. You know, it's it's not like this is uh, the Rocky Balboa story of a guy that was drafted in the seventh round. I mean, he's a first-round draft pick. And he has gotten the opportunity and taken advantage of that opportunity so far. And so the one thing a young player can never do, and we all know this, is you can never let off the gas. Because as soon as you do, your play slides 5%, and they stick a veteran there in front of you. And he can't let that happen. Where are you out on Vegas? And are you not shocked we're not talking? I like talking... Vegas. Are yeah. you, uh, Vegas GM would be a pretty good job, I'll say that. But are you not shocked we're not talking about relocation with what we're seeing in Florida? I mean, that, that is just not working out. Uh, Do you believe it could ever turn around and work out? Because I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I, I would be way more surprised if it does work out than if it doesn't. But I think the reason that you talk, they're talking expansion before relocation is 400 to 450 million dollars per expansion team. Yeah, but who's to say uh, Vegas works out? Like, where's... it's not going to work out. So why go there? Because they're greedy, and it's American. And I think it's, I think it's going to work. I, I think I think it'll work there. Oh well, yeah, you, so you, you go gotta with your idiot buddies, and you really want to go to a hockey game? Not come on, man. I, okay, just, I guys, find it frustrating gotta... where there's markets where they'll fill the rink everywhere, and they got to pick Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I love Vegas more than anybody. I've torn that place up. It's a great like town. no other. Yeah. But you know what? Hockey market? What? <laughs> I know. What? Okay, I don't. I see. I see the. I see the dark spots to it too. Like I, you know. But I, I'm. I'm always. <laughs> I'm always. Um, I, I'm always willing to give the benefit of the doubt that they've actually done some work. It's not like us guys sitting around talking about it. That they've done some research. They've you know outside of Bill Daly, Daly talking to patrons and wherever he ran into on the strip the other day when he was asking him, what do you think about hockey? But they've done some research as to what type of local support you can get because it can't just all be about the casinos and that they're going to send their high roller tickets there. Like that, it can't be that. So I, I'm willing to give them the benefit that they've, they've done some, you know, a, a good bit of research on this, but there's no question. They're not going to let a relocation chew up an expansion market. There's not a chance. They're not relocating a team to Seattle. Exactly. They're waiting for somebody to pay $500 million because that goes to all the owners. Right. And if I had a chance to put 15 or $17 million in my jeans, or they said, hey, we could relocate this team over here, I'd say, well, tell that guy to stick it. I'm waiting for the expansion team. 
If I'm one of the owners, that would be my vote. No, 100%. And that's exactly what it is, short-term greed. They want the money up front. And that's why some people look at it and say they'll relocate to Toronto. That's the last town they're relocating to because someone will pay a billion, a billion here in Toronto to bring a team here. There will never be a relocation team in Toronto. Never. It will never happen. You don't think there'll ever be a second team here, period? No, relocation. Yeah, I think there'll be an expansion team. I think there'll be an expansion team because eventually the the just the sheer number of what's possible will force them into it. And the building of course is gonna have to be worked out one way or another. But I don't I don't see how they can ignore the possibility of that. Um they 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 add teams in this league over their history. The they added Tampa Bay. They didn't even know who the owner was. It was this dude Cocosai Green that turned out to be nobody. It was a it was a shell company. They didn't even have any money. Yeah, that's nice due <laughs> they, diligence. And, and they got the team because someone said, "Hey, we can get fifty million dollars from whoever Mr. Cocosai Green is." They didn't even meet him. <laughs> they didn't even know who he was. It's a great name, though. It, it would sell me. It would sell Phil me. Esposito, Phil Esposito tells some stories about how he sold everybody on that, and then all of a sudden he's an owner. Not a but bad there was gig. No money. Not that a bad a great gig. gig. No, exactly. It's like that guy Boots down in Nashville. No cash, but he's in. So, anyway. him and John Spano. There and you there's go, another. Buddy. The league. The league has had a glorious run of potential owners for they sure. Certainly have. We got to fly, buddy. Stay warm out there, and we'll catch you on TSN five tonight. Yep, and then uh, be in for uh, for the game tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, you know, be be exciting to see Pitt and Toronto play. That should be fun. Absolutely, Hall of Fame night too. So enjoy that, buddy. Yep. We'll do it again tomorrow. Cool. Talk to you then. Ray Farrar, TSN hockey analyst. Ray on Leafs lunch was a presentation of Sirius Joint Formula 14.